Hey, everybody, this is Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist with Inspire Excellence. This week's podcast is a different podcast. It's going to be a raw, authentic, and hard true story about a very dear friend of mine, Nate Calvin, who ran a very successful business. And the day that he sold the business was involved in a tragic plane wreck. I want to let you know there's going to be explicit language, but it has been edited out and it has been censored. This is the first time ever on any camera, on any type of digital media, that this story has been shared. And his message will be heard if you're really listening with your heart, not just your ears. Pay attention and find the message from beyond the obvious in this special Inspire Excellence podcast. You're listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts, Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence. Hey, everybody, this is Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist. We're here at Inspire Excellence, and I'm super excited to introduce one of my honestly best friends uh, in the entire world, uh, superstar and absolute international uh, star when it comes to the aerospace industry. Uh, a mechanical engineer, also founder of, was it Sierra Flight Systems or Shelton Flight Systems? Uh, originally it was Sierra Flight Systems, sold to a larger company, which became Shelton Flight, Flight Systems. Systems. And now current founder of Arrow LED. Arrow LEDs, yeah. Yeah. So welcome, Nate Calvin. Thanks. So You're I lucky I was uh, open. I had a Twitter feed uh, feud with... Uh, Whoopee, so I canceled my my spot I had on the view. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> it worked out good. <laughs> God damn it, my chair keeps dropping. We need to fix these chairs. So, guys, I want to let you know, everybody, I, I am super nervous to interview Nate. When I first heard about Nate, there was, it was, we didn't know each other. Nate Calvin, myself, Brad Duke, uh, Matt Rissell, and Ryan DeLuca all worked out at around 5 a.m. at the gym. That's not like we knew each other, but when you work out at 5 a.m., okay, everybody's there. <clears throat> Obviously, Matt Rissell goes on to start T-Sheets, uh, sells it for godzillions of dollars. Ryan DeLuca starts bodybuilding.com, sells it for godzillions of dollars. And they would always say, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And we'd go, that's a dumb idea. And he'd say, hey, I'm going to get into the aerospace industry, and I'm going to start this. And we'd go, yeah, that's a dumb idea. The dumbest idea of all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go, hey, I'm going to meet Trump. And they'd go, yeah, that's a dumb idea. Brad Duke, who won $212 million in the lottery, said he had an algorithm for winning the lottery. And we're like, hey, good job, stupid. This dumb. How I meet this knucklehead. I'm benching with my buddy, Ben. And we're working out, working out. And he'd walk by. And like, I'm maxing at 225, just struggling. He'd go, oh, I see you're just warming up. And he'd walk by. And i go, what, what a jerk. Like, I can't believe he say that. He goes, yeah, I see you're just warming up. I'm like, no, I'm actually trying to max. He goes, oh, I get it. He goes, let me show you how to do it. And he could, at that, you were throwing up four wheels, bro. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. My shoulders pay for it every day now, though. Yeah. So I decided to throw it back at him. And most people would think this is offensive. And I'm like, what a jerk. And I don't know if you know that Nate has a different gait that he walks with. So I go, all right, uh, you challenged me to a weightlifting contest. I'll challenge you to a jump roping contest. He looks at me and he goes, oh, that's so offensive. Right, well, don't pick on me. Three weeks later, he shows up at the gym. His knees and everything's are all skinned up. He'd been practicing the jump rope, and he actually out-jump ropes me. That's how I met Nate. 
What do you want the true story on that one? Yeah. <laughs> we always that's just, the, just you know how this works. That's the Troy here. <laughs> Troy tell the story and then we look so, at the guest and say, so, okay, he, what's he, the keep truth? Keep in mind that Troy missed his calling to be a a, a writer of children's books because he's got over imagine uh, imagination, I guess, on his head. So the truth in the morning, <clears throat> five o'clock a.m. is more truth. And you know, I see this cat walking in every day going into jump rope. And at the time they didn't have a, uh, they had just a hardwood floor and there was no mats or such, but he's walking in there and with his Sony Walkman and his, his knee high socks. Did you have a mullet back then? <laughs> I did. His knee high socks <laughs> right, right out of, right out of Rocky five, Rocky three, right. You know, the, the colored knee high Looking socks. good. Looking good. Looking good. And, and listening to, I'm sure it was the soundtrack of Vision Quest. It was. I know it was. <laughs> it was. And he goes Journey. in. Journey. No, yeah. no, no, you know, the <laughs> lunatic friend. He's yeah. Yeah. pulling the Matthew Bodine, you know, trick out there. And so, so jumping a rope. And I'm like, look at this, Jack. You know, I'm sitting there working out. And 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 this is actually the truth. The, the good number this of is people. It's an truth, just so you the, know. The good number of people that end up being good friends of mine have all started with me Which saying. Which is one. Look me. at that. Look at that, Jack. And it was him. So, so he's in there doing his <clears throat> jump rope stuff. And so trying to, you know, doing his warm ups. And so we got talking one day and, and <laughs> end up uh, challenging each other for a little bit of a wrestling match. That is, oh, that's and, right. And, that is, and, and, and so, but there's no mats, by the way, this is just floors. This is the same floor you play basketball on. Yeah. It's a hardwood floor. So that's how it began. And we're skinning each other up and rubbing each other's nose on the ground come out of there and my wife says, what the hell happened to you? And all and I was like, well, you know, we're just, just wrestling. We're just having fun. And, uh, but we skinned each other pretty good that day. Yeah. <laughs> what he doesn't finish the story. Now let me add to that. <clears throat> so he didn't say, Oh, just having fun. He says, yeah, there's this guy at the gym that was making fun of me and picking on me. Unbeknownst to both of us, our wives know each other oh, wow. from going to high school. So now you're that guy with your wife. Yeah. So he, his wife calls my wife. And so my wife's like, honey, you want to explain yourself? I'm like, what, what do you mean? Well, I understand that you're making fun of this guy at the gym. Well, well the story was I called, left a message. I say, Troy, sorry. You know, I got a little over anxious on the work, workout and the lifting today. But man, when you start making fun of those handicapped kids, it just really, <laughs> That's what really, he did. it really bothered me. And I just lost it. So I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, but you know, we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> because I knew you would get these are before you had, these were still taped recordings on sure. the voicemail. Yeah. So yeah. they're taped. My wife hears this. So him and I hit this, strike this relationship out and he's a mechanical engineer. Uh, just left. I think you were at Simplot at the time. Yeah, I was, I initially started out uh, working for Simplot on contract. Yep. Yeah. So he's at Simplot. And by the way, the title of this, uh, of this podcast is uh, Nate Calvin. I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. Just so you know, that's the title of this podcast because he will contrarian everything and it will correct everything. But we finally get into this joke mode and we'll get into some of the jokes, but the joke mode is like who can play the more egregious joke on each other. So I'm like, all right. So he calls, leaves that message. Sincerely, Crystal is not happy. And I'm like, honey, he's joking. So Gold's gym is under construction at the time and they take down all the bathroom stalls and they just have the toilets in the men's bathroom. And so Nate has his morning paperwork that he does in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fine looking young lady at the front desk in the morning. And I go to her and I say, Hey, 
there's no toilet paper in the men's bathroom. I've already swept the bathroom. Nobody's in there. <laughs> and so she goes walking in and there's Nate. Oh, man, my legs hurt. This. Touche. Yeah, so I, I was like, all right, I'll play your game. I got this game. Yeah, Touche. <clears throat> but I will say that he sincerely, Tommy, has become just the best friend I have and a, and a hell of a mentor. One of my biggest regrets, and I, I'll get. I actually will say this. God, I'd never said it to you. Uh, we're always playing jokes on each other, always. And he's always giving me a hard time. He's like, "Hey, if you're if you're two minutes late, uh, two minutes on time, you're before time, you're on time. If you're on time, you're on time. But if you're over, you're late." Five o'clock a.m. Workout, 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 all the time. He's launching his business. He's getting going, and one morning he doesn't show. He just doesn't show. So we're always calling each other like, "Hey, where you at? Where you at?" I leave him a message. I say. Listen, bro, you either be you either be dead or you better be dying if you're not here. I'm on the stair stepper as I'm leaving him the message. NBC News flashes. Nate Calvin, plane wreck, dies. I, they they actually him. said that I died. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was me and Pam Gad. They show your face. He got in a very tragic plane wreck. In and I left this message. He never brought it up. I was like, honey, I, from my biggest regret, because we're teasing, we're teasing, we're teasing. And you never, ever realize, man, you don't have a contract on tomorrow. You have a lease on today. And as I'm leaving this message on NBC News, Mark Johnson shows your face and says, man, tragic plane wreck. Mm. Uh, so talk about that, though, bud. And by the way, forgive me for that. Yeah, I, I actually never knew that they said that I, I died. I can pull out my inner Mark Twain who says is my death. I guess the rumors of my death have been vastly overrated or whatever it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been flying. I started flying when I got out of school. Um, graduated from Moscow and um, driving out of there uh, as a student, knowing that the end of my college career, um, like, shit, I'm done being a college kid. What do I do? Uh, I mean, you get, you get little tussles and thrown in jail in college. It's part and parcel with what you do. Sure. You Tommy know. knows all about that. You know, you get thrown in there. It's just like, Hey, you know, this is kind of guy got a little rough, a little crazy, but it's a college kid. But I'm thinking driving out of Moscow. I'm like, dude, you do this and you do this in the grown up world. You're just a minutes now. So, um, so I thought, well, I'm going to, I came up with three things by the time I got from Moscow and Lewiston. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to start playing the drums again because I figured I'd be an engineer at the time until, Motley Crue came to their senses and got rid of Tommy and called me <laughs> in. <laughs> that was my, that was my real call. Is a bad gig right there. Yeah, now yeah. bad gig, you know? And, and so, and then the, I'm getting a dog cause it's been five years since I've had a dog and, and then I must get my pilot's license. So that's what got me into, into, into flying. Uh, so started flying that summer and building airplanes and, and such, but yeah. So I started to cut my first company with my two partners and, and um, we're building aircraft, all of us were building airplanes and saw a, a substantial void in the, in the manner of uh, technology in the general aviation aircraft as far as computer displays and, and navigational systems. And, and anybody who's flown instruments and aircraft realizes that, you know, I've got a minor in math and you put yourself in there under in clouds and stressful scenarios and you can't add two numbers together that literally will save your life. You've got, it just gets to be mental overload. <clears throat> so we started this uh, system that was 
a navigational system and uh, allowed synthetic vision, highway in the sky, and, and made it simple. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what got me into it. So we we built that business up, and um, and we're in the, I think we're in the top floor of the Hawaii building at the time, and had a business trip up north, and with me and my two two of my employees, and I wasn't flying that day. I was the uh, front right, but two of the two of my good friends and, and employees, and one of my really good friends that I had recruited to the company. Um, he, I swear to God, he looks like Goose, right? And I used mm-hmm. to call him Goose, and I'm of course Maverick, but uh, not that I look like Maverick, but I fly like Maverick. <laughs> so, so, but so we go up there, and 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 um, you know, we're, we're going, and I, they were Boy Scouts. They honestly were Boy Scouts when they come to fly, and I used to call them Boy Scouts because they just everything by the book to the yeah. point was irritating. Mm-hmm. So we're out there at uh, <laughs> was now Jackson at the time as executive, but and we're getting on this airplane and. And I'm I'm just going to climb the back seat because I've been flying a desk for the last three months working on the certification of our flight system. Mm-hmm. And and then Grant, and Grant's flying and Barry's like, no, 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 you you fly you you're front right, you know, dude, you've been behind a desk, you need to you need to fly front right. And I'm like, no, he said, no, no, I jump in there. So I jump in, lap up, you know, do the lap belt, ready to go, and those two monkeys are sitting there looking at me like. I'm waiting to start the engine. They're looking at me like waiting. I'm like, what? So we're not starting it up till you put your shoulder belt on. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I says, you know, <clears throat> okay. So I reach back, yeah. put my lap belt on, or put my shoulder strand on, and they start up. Off we go. Beautiful day. And we pull up, wheels up 9905, 9915, look down. I mean, just absolutely mid-October. You can see five states. It was mm-hmm. one of the best, probably the apogee of, of flying. It was just one of those days. It was actually amazing. Yeah. And it was actually so, so much so that, you know, there was just no cockpit chatter. Everyone was just in their own little world, just in, mm-hmm. enjoying this, this epic day. Airplane was running like a song. It was, we were flying now 599 Lima, which was a, Lancer race plane, Lancer, all carbon, you know, 330 mile an hour airplane. So it was just singing. And we uh, ended up flying on <clears throat> to a private strip that we had been there multiple times before. Uh, right above I-90, uh, above the, pretty much above the floating green in Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. You can see the airstrip. Oh, it's up in the hills. It's a private strip. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, remember Grant setting up perfectly and and perfect approach. and. We're coming up and it's on top of a Mesa. And so it's a little bit of an uphill landing, which is similar like Mesa, Arizona or Wrigley Island, if you've mm-hmm. ever been there. And <clears throat> so coming in and he, he picked up that visual cue. There's a, there's a, the, the <clears throat> terrain will lie to you when you're landing on Mesa. It looks like you're going to run right inside the hill where you're perfectly on glide slope. And he picked that up and added a little power, you know, look down there and he went from 107 to 111, 12 knots, which isn't a big deal. <clears throat> or 104 to 107 and and then he the the the, the fact that it was landing uphill i think uh got him again which he he started his flare a little early which again by itself is a problem <clears throat> the increased speed by itself is not a problem and uh and then started the flare and then we we had a when it went nose high and i remember i had my arms crossed and legs crossed because i was just kind of giving him as much room as he needed to fly the airplane 
So I've leaned up against the right side and looking out the right wing. <clears throat> and uh, we're probably 17, 19 degrees nose up. And at that attitude, it blocks off the runway pretty much because it's only about a 20, 2,800 uh, long strip. So you can't see the end of the runway now. So now you're looking peripheral vision. And I felt the airplane slide to the right a lot, which is just a, a fact of the P factor of the airplane pull up, which kind of slides right, which is generally countered with left rudder. And uh, he didn't add left rudder, but again, by itself, it's not a problem. So I think what happened is the runway's 40 feet wide. He got a sight picture that he saw the edge of the runway on his left wing, which was very familiar with an 80 to 100 foot runway. So he put that edge of the runway right where the wing, you know, he's a great pilot, by the way right where he it should be on a 100 foot runway or 80 foot runway which put our right wheel in the dirt mm. and so when we <clears throat> when we slammed down it was a little it was a drop it was probably a five to six foot drop when he installed the airplane it was just a hard landing and i kind of rolled forward in my head thinking <clears throat> you know i'm gonna <laughs> get out of the airplane it's like damn was that landing where we shot down you know it's just kind of the kind of thing yeah. you give another pilot and it, you know it's just a ribbing and <clears throat> Well, once we're in the in the right wheels, the right wheels now in a gutter. It's like a gutter ball bowling, and it it's taking you where it's going to take you. And he full powered up to try to get out of it. it wasn't going to happen, so we went into the uh, you know the the six four to eight inch lodgepole pines at 120 miles an hour. So I'm sitting there looking at the right wing, you know, and I'm like, you hit the hit first one, and it blew off the, it just cut through the wing like a buzzsaw you know the first mm. 18 inches the wingtip gone and it went through as a perfect slice i remember watching it looking son of a bitch. i mean that's that that's that's phenomenal i i mean those are the words mm -hmm. in my head that's a phenomenal it just went through this wing like it was butter because it's all carbon fiber so it when it crashes it looks like a formula car you know parts come mm -hmm. off everywhere and it's, it's shedding energy which is actually good it's it's a if you want to if you want to crash you want to crash in those type of environments and then Every time it hits, you know, hits us on that right wing and then it yaws us a little further right. Now we're looking more in the trees. And now the, the next series of trees hit about mid span. The wing blows through the front edge of the wing. And we got about 70 gallons on board. And then it, it explodes that. And you get this baby blue mist, mm. which is 100 low light, right? It's pretty indescribable. Yeah. So it blows through <laughs> it. And, and we, you know, went through that. and. You ever hit a tree with an axe, swing an axe as hard as you can to see mm -hmm. how far you can bury it in a tree? Well, there's a C-section spar. It's, it's, it's shaped like a C, and it hit the leading edge of that 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 tree, one of the trees right there on the spars. It buried itself, the top and bottom flange on that C-section, buried itself in that six-inch lodgepole, two and a half inches deep. Jeez. It just went, it was unbelievable. And I remember watching that thinking, you know, that... And that's where the jolt comes in, and my arms are still crossed and legs are crossed. And that jolt did a hard jolt to the right, and I looked forward, and there's there's a spinner of the aircraft, and there's three air, uh, there's three trees, and they're right in front of me. They're 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 out of my sight, and I'm like, if all the luck, they're on my mm -hmm. side of the airplane. <laughs> so this mm -hmm. is gonna this is gonna hurt. And so I just kind of tucked my shoulder, pulled my legs back, and similar like you do, I played ice hockey and played football through through all the way through high school and. When somebody has your number and they're going to hit you, you're just going to take a shot. Yeah. So that's exactly the scenario I got in. I said, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to take a shot. And, and the next thing I know, I'm, you know, 
laying underneath, uh, you know, 2,000 pounds of carbon fiber trying to dig my way out. So, woke up unconscious? Yeah, it's really strange. That's a, that's a really strange thing. I woke up um, unconscious and, and black. It's completely black. I can't remember seeing anything. And so um, I remember a good friend of mine, one of the, the best pilot I've ever known in my life, Gary Hubbard, who was killed in Reno in 14, but um, took a lot of my aerobatic training through him. And, and, and he's, he's the man. Uh, but he remember telling the story of the accident he get in and you read NTSB reports where the engine comes back and folds down on the pilot's ankles and legs and traps mm. you in the aircraft. So right away, I felt my legs were pinned. I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm engines out. Because I still thought I was sitting straight up. I felt like oh, I'm sitting geez. right now in this <clears throat> chair. So, and I had all this pressure on my chest and I, and my mouth was full and I couldn't understand what that was all about. But I was like, so many stuff caught in my mouth. And, um, so I'm pushing what I believed was the instrument panel of the aircraft. Um, and as my senses gained, came back up online, because essentially you got rebooted. You got like a computer mm -hmm. reboots, and now it's got to get all of its sensors. So all the sensors, all my um, sensors started to come back online. And my, uh, started, I realized that <clears throat> I wasn't sitting in a chair. I was face down. And I was up, pushed my chest up against the ground and my mouth was full of dirt. So I had got a shovel full of dirt in my mouth. And as I'm pushing on it, I realized that I was face down and my legs were twisted a little bit pretzeled. And uh, uh, that's when I started to try to dig my way out of the, out of the, uh, the, the wreckage. And so and you had the, and then the first sensation I had was I had this, my armpits just stung. I mean, my, it's like I was, <clears> somebody <throat> bee stings my armpits. It was the av fuel. <laughs> Apparently av fuel on your armpits is very, it's very stinging. Yeah. I guess, you know, I haven't tried it since, but I think I could probably reproduce it. But I think that's what it was. It was just that all that, I was sa uh, saturated and, and, and hunter low lead. <laughs> so. Do you remember telling me <clears throat> and Tommy, I didn't know he was going to talk about this. This is probably the first that we've ever talked about. Um, you were, he had a sensation we were talking. And by the way, after the wreck happened, there was a ton of controversy behind the wreck. Well, I don't, I want to get into that. <clears throat> yeah, there was a ton of them. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll talk about that. All right. Well, it, it's been a long time. We never talked about it. Before, before <clears throat> you go on, uh, I have a good friend of mine that survived a crash. Yeah. What, what, uh, it's always been fascinating for me to hear his first thoughts mm -hmm. that he remembers. Well, that's what I was going to ask. What was him. the first, what was the first thing you, 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 you clearly are like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in the dirt, got a mouthful of dirt. I'm digging myself out, but what, what's your first, well, I'm first doing, goes through your mind. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was, to add to that, I remember you were talking about holding your dude, but Come to find out, he wasn't holding anybody, but he has a great story. That well, there's there's some there's some very significant things that happened there. Um, first thing that came to my mind when I did it was uh, I remember just doing triage of myself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, and once I started, to, I, I dug my way out, and it's all carbon fiber <laughs> airplane. So um, I kind of got to where I could see down. I got twisted enough. So again, like, like jujitsu, it's like you've got you're pretzeled on your legs, and you cannot mm -hmm. get on your you can't get off of your stomach. Other, I did get one shoulder around and I got one arm out through. And so I could kind of see some daylight now. 
Um, so that was, okay, now I'm heading the right direction, so to speak. I'm heading out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I couldn't get my legs loose. And, and there was a, what I can only describe to as a, as a whisker broom, you know, whisker wire broom. It was right on my shoulder. And I was pushing on it, but as much as if I gave pushed 18 inches, it gave 16 inches. So I mm. only lifted whatever was on my legs a couple inches. Well, come that's the that's the main spar. That's mm. the main spar oh. that was splintered uh, when I hit when we hit those trees. And it and carbon fiber, you know, it doesn't follow Hook's law of failure. It follow it's it 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 fails catastrophically. It goes linearly up to a point and then it just explodes. That's what's beautiful about it, and that's why it's good for a lot of things. So I'm pushing on this this thing that's giving. So no matter how hard I pushed, I couldn't lift the airplane off of my legs. Mm. I got, I got it twisted off one side. So I got my left side, left leg under Dean and I was able, I was able to wedge it almost like doing a, a, a hip sled in the, in the gym where you've got one leg to do a one legged hip, but I couldn't get it free. Uh, so, and the guy that we're landing, uh, his, uh, he had heard, he knew we we're coming in and he heard the ruckus. So, he, uh, I don't know, it was only a few minutes before he got down there. And, uh, and, the, and the thing is, I, I can hear a, I can hear a flight system. I can hear the, the, the electrical system still hot. So the fuel solenoids are going click, click, oh. click, click, mm. click, click. And, I'm, and, and, and it's almost like someone with a lighter. It sounds like a lighter. It's yeah. like, oh, shit. <clears throat> and I had read the book Firestorm. I think it was written by the same guy who wrote uh, On Golden Pond about smoke jumpers that were killed in the 50s. And they talk about how people die when they when when they're in burn when they they burn they they suffocate it because the superheated gas gets pulled in your lungs and it just cauterizes your lungs. Which I'm thinking, you know, if I if this thing kicks off, that's how I'm going. I'm not going down the Salt Lake Burn Center to be peeling skin off. That's not my gig. So I I made the conscious decision right then that if this thing kicks, <coughs> superheated gas, and we're done. We're we're we're, we're pulling the pan and going next step. I mean, that was a conscious decision that I made. Hmm. And so I remember Brent got down there and he's a big, strong, big, big guy. He's like six, four. He's got, I mean, I don't like, he's got hands like a gorilla and he makes me feel like a little girl in the next time. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, one of those guys, you know, he comes up and he's like, well, you know, trying to lift this airplane off. And, and, and then he got down there and he sat all the, all the fuel. So he had to run back up and get the fire station. So I'm waiting, waiting this thing kicks off so he finally got he was working on it and he said he couldn't get the airplane off and i remember looking at him straight in the eye and i had my daughter just turned two a week mm-hmm. earlier and i looked at him and i'm like my my oldest daughter just turned two and i looked at him and i said brent you got to get this airplane off now and that airplane lifted up i swear to god like there was a a, a wrecker that lifted that sound mm-hmm. up and there was six eight inches of clearance and i scooted myself out so, uh, he runs back up. Now I'm clear. He checks the other guys and they're, uh, you know, and I'm, and so while he was gone and this is a weird part. Um, first thing I came to conference is I, I, I would call, Hey, Grant, Grant Barry, where they're on their side of the airplane. I can see his jacket and I can see their arms. And, um, and, and, and I heard as clear as we're talking today, up, we're good. I heard we're good. Or they acknowledged what I said. I don't know if it was yes or hey or good or whatever, but I heard the acknowledgement that they were good. So I, in my mind, I thought, hey, we're we're going to get out of this. We're going to go down to down here at the steakhouse on I ninety off I ninety. We're going to have steak at nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and we're going to that we cheated death. You know, this is going to be a good story. 
Um, come to find out, they were killed instantly. Coroner's report. They had zero. They, they were killed instantly, which counters my belief that I heard them. But I'm telling you, I've heard them. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting part about this is, we, even in the hospital, they wheeled me in the gurney. <clears> and I, I'm sitting there on one of those uh, convex mirrors where you can see around the corner, so I can see the entry to the emergency room. I kept waiting for the those guys to come in. I said, "Hey, where's the where's the guys?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry about them. They're, they're you just kind of we got you to worry about." I'm like, "Yeah, they're, they're going to be here though. They're going to be here." For three years prior to the accident, maybe three and a half, I'd have this recurring dream of being in a restaurant or being in a hotel and being a party of th- multiple. I won't say it's three, four, but and being the only guy there. Hey, where's the rest of the guys? Oh, they're on the way. And I had that recurring dream of just waiting for these other guys. And it was like, boom, this is what that dream was about for mm. three years. The other weird dream I had, and they asked my wife about this. She's like, you know, what'd you dream about last night? Well, the dreams that you could tell her about and you could share. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, um, that one or the, the other one was the, the one where I, uh, uh, Subway brev- bread ovens. Like, what? You had a dream about? Yeah. I'm looking up at these Subway bread ovens. I guess I want a Subway. For three years, I had that. Well, sitting in the yes, emergency room, they have the autoclave. And an autoclave where they have all these trays of instruments. It looks like a Subway bread oven. And I'm sitting there collared up. And this nurse is cutting, you know, these people are cutting off all my clothes and trying to get to, to, to assess the damage. And beautiful eyes of this gal. I mean, they're just like aqua blue. And I'm like, there's the Subway bread oven. <laughs> She's like, this cat, this cat is looped, you know. So, yeah, it was, uh, is very, is very surreal. I mean, and laying there, and I'm, I couldn't bend my right arm. I'm like, when I was under the airplane after I was cleared, I couldn't figure out why, and looked down, and I still got little scars from. But I had a piece of carbon fiber the size of a pencil that it embedded about my forearm oh, that go all the way up into my. Uh, into my um, armpit. So I, I just pulled the thing out. It was about, you know, 18 inches long. I pulled it out and so I could bend my arm and, mm. and then I couldn't move my head. I'm like, why the hell I can't move? You know, again, this is that triage part. And I reached back my head and there's a piece of three eighths inch piece of windshield that's about shaped almost perfectly like a piece of pie that had gone in the base of my neck and it was at the base of my skull. So every time I put my head back, I'd feel that. So I reached up, I pulled that back and I'm like, yeah, that, that's not good. And I just kind of threw it aside. <laughs> like I was just not, but then my right leg, you know, I, I knew something was up with that because I'd move left and right. And it felt like a beanbag. You know, my foot always stayed in the same position. It stayed in the same clocking position when I moved. And I'm like, like I don't know if I want to see what's underneath that pant leg. So I'm going to let that one for the experts. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just kind of went through and, and, and let it all work out but it's a it's a it's a fabulous i mean it wasn't scary i tell people it's it's a lot like if you're driving on snowy roads and you you put on the brakes and you're you're skidding and then you realize okay i'm skidding i'm going to go off into the borrow pit that's about the equivalent of excitement in my mind that it was mm. it really was it wasn't a scenario we see on these on the movies where people are screaming yeah you know, if i'm an airplane with multiple people and they start screaming to death i'm going to be punching the out of somebody uh, in my last day it's like shut up you know and so um so it's, it's it's just it's just a little different so 
than what they, they put on TV. I'll let you know this. So right after the wreck again, it, it made the news and I had left that, uh, left that phone message for him. And then I instantly called Crystal. I'm like, honey, I made the worst mistake in my life. I've left this phone message. And then of course they retract and they're like, no, two, uh, two have died. Uh, want to survive. And he was pilot friends with Steve Appleton. And of course, I'll let you talk about that part of it. But, you know, Appleton and sent the plane and helped him out and stuff. But then his wife had called me, uh, Susan, and said, man, he's now he's in recovery and he's at the house. And uh, Subway, him and I, Subway breakfasts, man, that was our gig. And so at lunch, I'd come by every day at lunch, and, you know, just bring the Subway sandwiches and give the kids and the wife. Yeah, Troy, Troy was kind of an angel at that point. He really was. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, was a, it was kind of a dark spot. And so uh, the other thing you find out is, when tragic accidents happen like that, and then there's a there's a follow up, which is an interesting story in itself. You find out who's a windsock. Uh, windsock goes with the prevailing wind, and nature has this thing of you, you see it in nature. You see a a herd of 150 Malibu that are facing two lions. Those 150 Malibu can take that can make mincemeat out of those two lions, but the lion goes for the outside and figures goes for one and they get one of them. The other 149 stand there and like, uh, okay, well, I guess it wasn't me. That's a pretty good deal. So, and he was always kind of a, a this is one of the let him eat ham. That was good. But every once in a while, you'll see somebody, a group out of that said, uh, uh-uh, not today. You get two or three, it'll step out of that herd and said, it's me and you, let's see it. And, and, and you find out really fast who that inner circle of people are mm. really fast. And, mm-hmm. and Troy was one of those. And, and it's, and it's, it's very hard feeling, you know, that, to, to get that when you get, you get to the core of people. Cause sometimes it takes very extreme events to get to the core of people. And that's why I understand, I think why the servicemen understand that they go to the visceral primal level of existence. And it's why they have such a, in my mind, why they have such a kindred uh, brothership with those people. Mm-hmm. My grandfather, still kicking, 96 years old, just turned, World War II veteran. I was having a conversation with him just a week ago. What's your most vivid memory of, you know, in your service, the people I served Mm with? Mm. I'm like, damn, I I thought maybe it was my birthday or something. (laughs) (laughs) You know, his birthday of his kids and birthday is all, it's a serviceman. And so I understand that. It's real. It's loyalty. And as much as we flip and talk crap to each other, you'll know that. Uh, and I got into flying because of him, by the way. Uh, so I ended up getting my pilot's license as well. Um, really looked at Nate as a mentor, really looked at him as a, as a, as a proverbial guide in light because he was, he was marching to the beat of his own drum. He was saying, Hey, I'm going to do this, even though they're telling me I can't do this, but I think it's loyalty. And that's one of the things Tommy, you and I've talked about a lot. You can tongue in cheek everything, but that windsock analogy is fantastic. As fellowships, as men, we're missing that loyalty uh, in that service. And uh, I think that uh, did not know you were going to talk about it. Uh, I thought we were going to stay tongue in cheek, but uh, uh, yeah, that's it. that was that was a pretty uh, traumatic experience. And then we went to court with you, and I got in trouble for that. Well, the court. So <laughs> this is a strange thing, and, and this is not. So we we were. <clears throat> nine years in this business now, roughly. I have to look back. And I had two partners that, that I adore. 
they were older than me. Um, one of which I looked at, at a, as a, 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 he was a naval pilot, mechanical engineer, and extremely intelligent. And I, an older nine, I took him as a, as a mentor. And there wasn't in those seven, eight years of developing that company, there wasn't a day that we didn't exchange emails, texts, mm. or phone calls. It was just part of the drunk. The day of that accident, I got nothing from that day forward. Not a, I'm glad you're alive. Not a card, not a phone call. Um, <clears throat> I was in the hospital up in Coeur d'Alene. Um, and I get a phone call from our my CFO who was on our company. Our mother company was a $3.5 billion company out of England. And so he had a conference call with their counsel and my CFO, and they've called me. And then, and this is still 30, 30 hours, 30 some hours after the accident, you know? So I'm still- Less I'm, than three days. Well, no, we're talking less than, I'm a still at the day. It was, it was, I was just out of, out of surgery, like six or eight hours. So I'm still hopped up on stuff. I, 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 I remember most of this. And they said, hey, we won't have you speaking to the, uh, what they say, what's the term? The, the descendants of the deceased. Well, the descendants of the deceased. This is a double <clears throat> negative. What the hell are you talking about? I mean, so I'm trying to figure out, and my mom was there, and, 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 and I look at her like, I don't know what they're saying. So she's like, and I'm like, say it again. And so my mom said, they don't want you talking to Shelly or Carrie, the wives of the two guys that were died. Shelly's there. Shelly, wow. you know, she, you know there's a, I've already talked to Shelly. Yeah. Not there, but I've already talked to her. I'm sorry. And I'm like, and I just, I, and I, I had this autonomic, response of you know do it ain't happening and I, I told him and this is a quote i said you and the horse rode in on and i hung up the phone so you're not going to tell me in this type of event to not speak as a human being to somebody who lost their husband father kid you know mm. and all the way uh-uh not on this it ain't happening i don't give a two what you do to me they thought they had me. They're paying me this big, you know, vice president of engineering executive job with a with a, a big a buyout clause, and they they think they own you, dude. You don't own. I I've never been motivated by money. I do things because people say I can't do them. Really, That's you can't. True. Really, you don't think I can do this? <clears throat> High school guidance counselor said I should have been a janitor. Really, I can't be an engineer. You, you know, um, that's kind of that where where it is, right? So. That's we'll be doing what, a lot of bleeping just so right now. So that's where that's where it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> Troy said I could cuss on. I did say that. I said you. I got. I, the I brought the. I got for the you text. Too. That is true. Go ahead. And Keep so, um, if you would have said no, we would have all called him on. That, right? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that 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 began the legal battle. So that was October fifteenth, and I'm on strict <clears throat> bed rest now. I, I battle over well look, over so that's what, what the was accident that? was October 15th and so that started the, that 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 drew the line that basically started it but he wants to know why the legal battle yeah. well yeah. I'll I'll tell you so I two days later I mean I'm, I'm supposed to be in there for a week and I'm like look I gotta get home from the funeral and so this is where Appleton I, I called up Steve and said dude I need to they, they won't let me out of the hospital to fly commercial because they I can only be up for for an hour hour and a half he says not a problem flew up took us back home Thank you, Steve. 
um, go to the funeral. And uh, October 31st, two weeks later, <clears throat> you know, I'm still on, oh, well, we roll that back. The, the day that I got back, the next morning, the very next morning, so this is the third day after the accident, told my wife, I, I said, you got to get me to the gym. It's five in the morning. Yep, that's true. And she goes, your doctor said you got to <clears throat> be on bed rest. I said, listen, I got I to gotta put this behind me. This is what you do. When you fall down, you stand back up, right? That's, you don't lay there and say, well, I guess I fell down. I'm down here. You get the hell back up. So three days after, it's a, it's a Friday or whatever it is, I guess. No, I guess I, I had to take the best. Probably Monday. So it might have been five days. Uh, it was Troy, Monday. I called Troy. I said, hey, it's leg day, bro. Um, but I can't do legs. I'm in, I'm in a surgery cast. I'm on crutches. <laughs> kind of f***ed up. I look like I just got in a fight. But hey, we can, we can do chest or something. So I go and we work out. I come in and, you know, people, and there's a really strange people, you're in an accident like that. People, they kind of, they look at you like you're a ghost, like you came back from the dead. I mean, people that you normally walk up and say, mm -hmm. hey, Nate, what's going on? They look at you like, ah, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to pretend like he's not here. It's really weird. So I work out and I'm doing my stuff. I'm like, yep, this is it. We're, you know, on marching forward and here we go. I had the first follow-up visit down in Boise for that. So they cut the surgery cast off. <laughs> I still remember this. I went in there with my mom and my wife and, and doctor's like, how you doing? I'm oh, doing good. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're rolling. He says, you staying down? And my mom and dad, my mom and my wife are there. And they're, they, before they could, I say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll stay down in bed rest. You bed rest? Yeah, bed rest. All Sounds right. like you, Tommy. Yeah. And yep. that, all, all the things that you need to hear, that's an answer. So yes, they start cutting the cast off and this cast starts to just, morph out balloon out like this this growth coming out of it and it's my leg and you know when you take a surgical glove and you blow it up and it has these little appendages on the end that's what it looked like mm. and this doctor kind of looked at it like and the nurse she looked at she well she cut it off she's like huh. and she took off and didn't say anything and brought the doctor back i'm like i look at my wife and they're looking at it, I go, yeah it looks that baby looks pretty good a little swelling but you know Looks pretty good. It'll be fine. It'll I stayed at a Holiday Inn. I'm a doctor. <laughs> Rub a little dirt in. It'll be good. And so the doctor looked at it and he goes, you've been staying down? I go, yeah. Yeah. And then my wife, they're like, no, he went to the gym this morning. And, and, and it, it, he said, you went to the gym this morning? Yeah. I, mean, I, I skipped leg day. I mean, I, you know, tried to. And he goes, look, dude, I'm going to tell you, you're, you are literally three seconds away getting pulled back in the hospital. You're about ready to lose that leg. When I meet, you know, and he kind of gave me the rights and my mom's there. So when your mom's there, you, you know, when you get home, mm. you, can, you can argue with the wife. Can't, can't argue with mom. Can't argue with mom. Just so, so you know, to add to that, <laughs> instantaneously, I get the phone call or my wife gets the phone call from his wife because I'm, he's sure. my bro. I'm going to work out with him and I'm not going to treat him differently. I'm going to treat him like, let's hit it. But my wife, by proxy, I'm in trouble. Probably more trouble. More. Oh, a oh, yeah. lot of trouble. Yeah. It, all, lot of it trouble. went downhill. From there. It went downhill. And he thought it was humorous. So anyway, the whole, you world, I'm on bed rest. Okay, strict. I get a call the 30th from my company. And of course, I got my computer on my bed. I'm going to try to get back into this. And they say, hey, we'd like you to have him come in for a, uh, for a manager's meeting. And my, my wife said, well, he's on strict bed rest, but, you know, it's been two weeks. And so maybe for an hour, hour and a half, you know, you can do this. So it's Halloween. Okay. <clears throat> So they load me up and get me in there on the crutches and walk in office. And again, you walk in and there's a bunch of people looking at a ghost and they're, they're acting strange. And the conference room is 
generally you walk in, you walk in the conference room, the tables lengthwise where, you know, I think, okay, they had moved the conference room around to where it was pinched off in two corners. So, and I thought, okay, well, they moved it so I can get on this, the, the big side, the easy side. And they said, no, 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 we'll put you over here, which is like hard for me to, okay, this is odd. But and you're like, the owner of the company at this yeah, point. So yeah, I'm so he's the squeezed. owner of And my two partners company. are there and, and, our, <clears throat> and my boss from England. They put me on the other side of the table and two partners and my boss sit on their side and they said, you know, how's it going? Oh, good. Yeah, I talked up and said, okay, so here's how we're thinking. You can sign this paper and lose your buyout um, or sign this paper and be terminated with cause. That's exactly how they brought it to me. Now I'm higher than a kite. I mean, I, I'm seriously, these, these hydrocodone they're giving me are the, are the, are the money stuff. These are probably like $500 a pill on the street type stuff. And so I, I had taken a few of them. And so I'm like, yeah, well, hell, that makes sense. This one seems like the less deal of it. Here you go. Like that. That's just, that's exactly how much time I spent doing it. Um, but why the suit is where, where is what Tommy's what was well, the, the suit, the over suit is over contract breach contract. Um, I think there's some and and and, and basically you might you, you can appreciate this as a, as a PR event. You you got an executive from a aviation company making a product that's based around safety involved in an accident that two of its employees and one of its principals were involved in yeah. two of which were fatalities this is a marketing nightmare so their ideas well hell he's the survivor we could throw him under the bus and say well you know we've parted ways with that individual yeah. and he was kind of unsavory character and you know and let's be honest you spend enough time around me you're going to get dirt on me where you can say yeah he's a hit you know I, mean? I can I mean, vouch for that he can vouch for that so I, I, cause again, I, I've told people I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not socially sophisticated to be more than one guy. This is it. If you yeah. don't like this one, you're not going to like who's, what you get in the future. So, so they, you know, so to me, and he, he's going to love him. I saw him as a target. So, so anyway, I just kind of, I just said, uh, you know, yeah, let's, let's, let's do this thing and, and, and did it. So, and I have another rule is I will not fight over money. <clears throat> you know, you, you, you'll, you, you'll, you'll screw me once in a deal. And okay. And if it's enough money, you know, if it's not enough, I'm like, ah, I, at least I know who you are. Mm -hmm. If it's enough money, I won't fight over it, but I know people who will. So that's what I did. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. You take this. And so I went and, and it was a, it's a breach of contract. It's plain and simple. So we got to fast forward only because we got an hour. Uh, fast forward goes to full jury trial, full jury trial. I get called as a witness because I'm the one that administrated his drugs the day that he signed that stuff. Well, it was that. And also I think that the, 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 there were some, I had, I had to go through a, I had post-traumatic brain injury. Yeah. I had to go through Elks rehab. They gave me all these cognitive tests that, you know, these uh, geometric puzzles and shapes and, and reading skills that were just um, normally I would have just blown through and a hard time, I had a hard time doing it. It was, mm -hmm. and, and he, and, and Troy's, yeah, I said, dude, I spent some time with him. He's not he ain't the same dude. <laughs> he's, wasn't the same dude. He's not the same dude. You know, so they, that was part so of did it. You win? I did. I oh, did one with. Uh, I don't know if I'm, but he, yeah, it with the egregious win. Yeah, win double the award. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, and, and and you know that they the, we went and first tried to go and said, well, we'll just arbitrate it, and and their attorneys came in for three days of arbitration, and they flew in from New York and and England, so I had three days blocked, and it's okay, we'll do it, and and. First 10 minutes. Yes. Okay. Well, here's what that, what you're asking. 
to show that you're serious, we should come down from your 10%, come down 10% of what you're asking. I said, fine, let's do that. So they sent it down to them. And they sent it down to them and they came up like, I mean, we were order of magnitude off. And I saw that and I just looked at my Terry and said, I'm done. He goes, yeah, I think we're done. I mean, we had three days scheduled, right? So, and this guy that arbitrated was a retired judge who'd never lost a case in arbitration, always been able to do it. He, he's like, well, this is my first. So I remember going down to get my ticket validated. They're, all of them are in this glass fishbowl in there. And I poked my head in. I'm like, see you boys in court. <laughs> Said, have a good day. <laughs> he won with double because it was so egregious on what they had done to him that the judge awarded more than what he was asking. All I wanted was my contract, <clears throat> man. Yeah. Just, just be the person you on honor the contract. So, but yeah. Let's fast forward though, because we got business, a little bit yeah. of time business. So I'll give you a one fun story to lighten the mood. So now Nate starts, uh, goes out and starts another company called Arrow LEDs, which is LED lights for the aerospace industry. And if you just go to Arrow LED, Air LEDs, LEDs, Arrow LEDs, and he built. Uh, by the way, he builds lights for like Dragon X, the satellite in Dragon X, the Ferraris. Uh, well, we've done some stuff on there. I mean, we've done uh, U2, KC-135. We do military stuff and commercial. And he's been very gracious with me. My nephew, as you guys know, is a mechanical engineer in training. He's a third year. And I called Nate. And I said, hey, can you give him an internship? And he did. But Nate calls me up and says, Troy, I want to start uh, working out again. I want to get into working out. I'm like, I'm doing this jujitsu. You might want to come check out jujitsu. What you never want to do is invite this dude in anything competitive ever. He will squeeze your head off like a melon. So one day we're done working out and Nate has a memory like an elephant, an absolute elephant. And so we're working out, we're hanging over. Like you just got done working out. You're totally hypoxiated. And he sees this other guy walk in. Now you have to know my good friend, Nate, you guys. Nate is not the most politically correct guy. As you figured out, you viewers will know this. But Nate remembers if somebody tries to screw him. This terminology that I'm going about to say is going to be PG-13. I don't know what it means. I never want it to happen to me. So we're sitting there, and Nate and I are just drenched in sweat, drenched in sweat. And this other jujitsu dude walks in, and Nate goes, I go, hey, Nate, this guy does jujitsu, jujitsu guy, this guy, this is Nate. And Nate goes, I know you. The guy goes, oh, yeah. And he goes, you tried to. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, what's f***ing? I don't know what f***ing is. I don't know it. Nate stands up. And he's like, you tried to, and boom, Nate goes after the dude, <laughs> has got him in the corner of the gym. We are 50-year-old men, or 47 at that time. 45, 47. Yeah, Nate's got him in there, and he goes, let me explain, Troy. And Nate starts rattling off all these algorithms and all these things that he tried to do to cheat and do this. And he goes, it's all about and it's all about Okay, some, some young kid walks around the corner, and he goes, he's so scared. This other kid walked around the corner. He goes, Troy, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? I'm like, what? He goes, I don't know what it is, but I never want it to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot share this on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah, back, I mean, back to the business. Yeah, this, I mean, this is, we're 12 years in on the development. Um, there, back in 99, I got a, we got a patent in 99 on some uh, LED technology we did for my other company. And then we thought, you know, when the LED technology gets to this level of efficacy or efficiency in that case, mm-hmm. we'll be able to do that. And it finally reached that point. So we, we launched out. I mean, we, we, we went out, we started in 2007. So it was just pre-2008, 2009. 
storm, right? So great time to start. A great time to yeah. start a business. Everybody's <laughs> running in. There's a hurricane, and and we're going out in our boots to get in the water. Right? <laughs> so, so people are like, look at these clowns. And so, uh, you know, it was it, and it's tough. And you're a manufacturer in the United States. Um, and I went through with some other company too. You're you essentially are business with leprosy. Yep. You you you're a manufacturer in the aerospace. Blah blah blah. They they, they want nothing <clears throat> to do with you. And you know you go in year after year. We'd go in to ask for an operating line of credit, and they say, "Oh, they, they give you the same. It's the same stuff." They, oh yeah, well we have very competitive rates. And I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So what do you got? Well, we'll we'll approve you for. $100,000 line of credit operating, uh, floating line of credit. Oh, great. So what do we need to do? He says, well, you need to write me a check. Okay, for how much? $100,000. They're great oh. at giving loans to people who don't need them. Oh, so, yeah. so, so I give you $100,000 of my money and you, you, you lend it back to me? Yeah, very competitive rates. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, how about I'll pay a little more than you do? Whatever you pay, I'll pay myself double that. You know, I'll, I'll go in business. For it. But yeah, it's, it's really tough. And you're not a, you're not a disadvantaged business you're you're white male you're you're screwed it's tough you're screwed and they ask you i said woman owned no minority owned no you know but my my dad's not trump or anybody like that i don't have any family money to speak of i mean i grew up three miles from here i mean i i grew up uh topping corn two miles over here mm -hmm. this field that we're sitting <laughs> on right now i used to run water pipes on uh, I used to throw hay just one, one mile south of here. And, you know, it's uh, so I, I haven't, you know, I, I grew up with nothing more than just a good, you know, honest work ethic. So, so. I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things that we got to wrap up. One, give us your top three to five rules in business. And oh, while yeah. you're doing that, I'm going to ask you to look up Baldy the Eagle because I'm going to tell everybody Beauty, <laughs> Beauty the Eagle. Look up Beauty the Eagle. And as you're thinking about your three to five, I want to tell our listeners and tell Tommy, Tommy, as he literally is one of my best buds and he literally is legitimately the smartest guy I know. Uh, but he's a, he, he's a, he's the dumbest smart guy I know because he doesn't realize how smart he is and he doesn't realize how kind he is. He doesn't like people to know this, but beauty. The Eagle was a bald Eagle. The, the he's Nate Calvin is a Patriot. He's an American. He I really believes in giving this. back. Yeah. He's the only engineer that figured this, there was a bald Eagle that got his beak shot off in Alaska and they were going to kill the bald eagle and there was no engineering design or anything that someone can come up with Nate in his own accord said I can come up with something I can figure it out and so Beauty the Eagle in his own time in his own dime Nate figured out how to engineer this and so I'll give your three to five you got your three to five rules and then I we'll watch three to five I, I mean I, I, <clears throat> give me some of your thoughts first one or top one is, is, is value engineering oh, hold on it's it's something that we the value and cost and everyone who works with me knows this and um, uh, I ask people at the end of the day just be accountable for your time and and this is a metric I've never been employed by anybody I got out of college and and I'm largely unemployable uh, just because I this is different so I've always measured my day based on my billable hours I I may have gone in for and worked ten hours but when at the end of the day could I bill that guy. 10 hours of time. And I, and I always ask myself, there are times that I'd, I'd rack up my time. It's, Oh, I got you know, 45 hours. And I'm like, I can't charge you 45 hours. I, I, I took the long, wrong path here. I did mm -hmm. something stupid here. I made a mistake here. He, I can't <clears throat> make him pay for that. So at the end of the day, I might've reduced it to half that time. 
And I said, that's the billable time. Cause I would write myself a check for this, what I delivered. And I tell my, everybody that works for me at the end of the day and end of the week, when you're looking at that check, multiply a number, that number times 1.4, cause that's the true cost to me. And then ask yourself, would you give yourself that much money for what you delivered in that, in, the, mm-hmm. in that pay period? And if the answer is no, you're stealing from me. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and, and if you're <clears throat> honest with yourself, it's true, because honestly, that's where you need to be. Um, everything is done on those billable metrics. And, and I, um, uh, even in this business, my, I had a partner, one, a third partner, and he's, he's awesome. We had a year and a half to develop it. And his time, he just, he was used to larger companies and he was billable at 10%. And I told him, I said, dude, you, we, you got a choice. One of two people is out of this company at the end of this meeting. It's going to be me or you. Because I'm paying a dollar for you and I'm not getting 10 cents and we can't. I need $2 output for every dollar for the next two years, mm. but we're done. <clears throat> and he being the person, he was more interested in the, in the advancement of the company than he was himself. He said, I'm out. So we brought him back on contract and I would say, here's what I need to do. How much dollars? And, and he vacillated a lot, but he finally came up with a number. And I said, okay, I'll give you this many dollars for that project. Good. And that's where we redefined a relationship. Mm-hmm. So when you're starting a business, uh, that two to one ratio is real, real, uh, real ratio. If you're not getting $2 of value for every dollar you spend, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're basically in a tailspin. And so you got to break that. You got to be positive ground um, uh, because you're going to have setbacks that you can't, you, you can't mm-hmm. predict. So you got to try to bias yourself. So I'd say that's my number one. I don't know if I had to count two or three. That'll work. All right. Well, Nate, we appreciate you being on the show. We'll talk after uh, cameras are off, but uh, inspire excellence, everyone. That's Nate Calvin and learning how to light up the sky uh, from the ups and downs. Tom Alquist, Troy McClain. You've been listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next episode.